I love that song. If I just can say something real quick. <laughs> there is so much power in intimacy with the Lord. I was just singing that song, and there was just, I was just reminded of the power and just how much joy and how much life comes from an intimacy with the Lord when we are drawn closer to him. So good. So powerful. And if, you, if you guys can just grasp that, it'll change your life. I was just reminded during that song. Beautiful, beautiful song. So anyways, hey guys, what an honor it is to be here to talk about spiritual gifts and talk about what the Lord has placed on my, on my heart. Um, if I've never introduced myself to you, my name's Caitlin Weirchok. I am a first-year intern here at Edinburgh Chi Alpha. Yeah, go internships. Uh, so I'm just finishing up the 10-month program, and it's truly a blessing to work with Chi Alpha, to work with you guys, and to see the Lord work in and through you guys. Honestly, I think it's the best job ever. Uh, and so a little bit more about myself. I absolutely love Jesus. I love his word. I'm a Bible and theology major, and I'll be finishing up my bachelor's at the end of December. Uh, I love Kit Kats. I love giraffes. I love dangly earrings. Anybody know what my favorite drink is? <laughs> it's a given. <laughs> it's, a, it's a given. Dr. Pepper, the best drink ever. If the Lord were to have a refrigerator filled with any type of drink, Dr. Pepper, no argument about it. It's, it's the Lord's drink. That's a fact. <laughs> So today, so today I have the honor of talking to you guys about spiritual gifts, and I don't know if any of you can relate, but growing up, I perceived myself to have specific gifts. So if you brace yourself for this one. You can go ahead and put the pictures up. Yeah. So when I was four years old, my mom put me and my sister in dance classes. Guys, we did all the works, jazz, tap, ballet, baton, gymnastics. However, no amount of ruffles, no amount of blue eyeshadow could cover up the fact that I just could not dance. <laughs> I was just a really bad dancer, but I looked kind of cute. I kind of looked in pain in that one photo. That's me doing the back, the back bend. I looked in pain, but it was not my gift. It was not my talent. Then in fifth grade, I had this bright idea that me and four of my friends were going to uh, create a band. So there was five of us. We were in fifth grade. We're like, let's call it High Five. Cheesy, cheesy, I know. But I, I was like, okay, of course, I'll be the lead singer. <laughs> if you ask my sister or any of my roommates, they can confirm that I do not have the gift for singing. I may try and act like I do, but it's, it's, a, it's very far from the truth. <laughs> but anyway, so singing and dancing, they can be uh, referred to as gifts. But today, uh, what I want to dive into is spiritual gifts. And so Brad Lewis, he's the author of Small Group University, he defines spiritual gifts as this. Spiritual gifts is God giving you the ability to know, say, or do something that you would have never been able to formulate in your own power. I'm going to repeat that. Spiritual gifts is God giving you the ability to know, say, or do something that you never would have been able to formulate in your own power. And so we see Paul talk about this in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and he says this in verse 1. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. In other versions of this verse, it says that Paul doesn't want the church to be unaware or confused or to misunderstand this concept of spiritual gifts. Paul is placing an importance and an emphasis on these gifts in the life of a believer and in the life of 
of a church. It's a big deal. So Paul continues in this passage in 1 Corinthians 12. He talks about how there are different types of gifts, but it is through the Spirit that we are given these gifts. Each and every one of us has gifts given by the Holy Spirit. And I love this. I, I'm kind of like a word junkie. So the New Testament was written in Greek. That's the original language it was written in. And so if we go back to Greek and look at the word gift, it is charisma. And that is translating meaning something given by grace. A gift in the original language is something given by grace. So it is out of the goodness of God that he gives us these amazing gifts. And I'll be honest, it's when we don't use these gifts that God gives us that we mistreat the grace that God has freely lavished on us. We mistreat the grace that God gives, that God freely gives us when we don't use our gifts because it's out of that grace that he gives us those gifts. And there's been many times in my life that I've either mistreated or mishandled the grace of God by not using my gifts, whether it's out of fear or whether it's I'm just not comfortable enough. I knew that if I wasn't using my gifts, that that was an act of disobedience against the grace of God. So I was being disobedient to God, to what God was calling me to do. So it's out of God's grace that we receive these gifts, and it's by God's grace that we are empowered to walk in these giftings that the Lord gives us. So the Holy Spirit today wants to empower us to walk in the gifts that he gives us. And so in this passage in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul continues in verse 7 and talks about how these gifts that we receive, they're a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And so anytime I think of a gift, I think of like a physical thing, like something you receive under the Christmas tree, whether or not you like the Christmas gift or not, it was there, it's a physical thing. So that's what I think of when I think of a gift, but the gifts of the Spirit are not that. They are the Holy Spirit coming to varying manifestations or displays in and through the life of a Christian. And so in other words, this means that when we walk in spiritual gifts, we are putting the Holy Spirit on display. These gifts are not to put ourselves on display or to display our own strength, but it is the heart of the Father for the Holy Spirit to manifest God's presence. The Holy Spirit wants to give indications that make the presence of God known, and he does this through spiritual gifts. He does this through people like you and through people like me. And the last part of this verse in this passage, it says that these gifts were given for the common good. And again, if we go back to the original Greek, the these two words, common good, means to bear or to bring together. So that these gifts are, are made so that we can bear or bring together. And these two words, they emphasize the purpose of these gifts. It's to bring the body of believers together and to bring us closer to Christ. The purpose, I think a lot of times when I think of the purpose of spiritual gifts, I think of, you know, elevating someone else. But, you know, that's not the purpose of gifts. It's not to elevate ourselves, but to elevate the Holy Spirit, to bring us closer together in a community and to bring us closer to Christ. And so for the sake of time, I won't go into all of the details about the spiritual gifts because scripture lists 20 different gifts. And it's not even an exhaustive list. So there's many more gifts, but scripture lists 20 of them. Um, but I want to provide the three lists 
of uh, where these scriptures are found. Um, and so they're going to be on the screen, and they're, they're found in 1 Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians. And I'd encourage you to write these down and take a look at them throughout the week. And also, shameless plug, keep a lot, look out for the podcast that we release every Tuesday. Um, so for the past three weeks, we have been doing a supplemental teaching on each sermon for the Holy Spirit. And so take a look um, on Tuesday. We'll be going more into detail about the specific gifts. Um, but for the sake of our time, we won't go into detail of all of them. But scripture does list around 20 of them. Um, so these can range from ministry gifts to leadership gifts to uh, gifts that we can use in a church. And how many of you believe that God can use you in a variety of gifts? God may want to use you to be a pastor or to be a teacher. He could use you. Um, maybe that's, you know, a gift of serving. You just have a servant's heart or you're encouraging. That's a gift of encouragement. You could have the gift of giving or of leadership or of showing mercy to people that society might overlook. So God has a variety of gifts. We can have a specific prompting to pray for miracles or for healings. That's the gift of miracles, the gift of healing. We can have messages of wisdom or of knowledge, and that just means that God might reveal to you something that someone needs prayer for and that you can be used in those gifts to allow the Lord to speak to you. God might use you in the gift of prophecy, something that's redemptive and encouraging, and it brings insight into future happenings or events. God also might give you a heavenly language that's only known to God. And we talked a little bit about that last week about tongues. So when that happens, scripture says that the same Holy Spirit who gave that person tongues uh, will allow an interpretation of tongues, whether that is the person who spoke it or someone else, so that it will build the community for the common good, so that we can be closer together and closer to Christ. So as we can see on this list, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, these are just some of them. But there are many different gifts that the Lord wants to give us so that we can be brought closer together and closer to Christ. And so the passage I want to focus on and camp out tonight is found in 1 Corinthians 12 as well. And so Paul says this starting in verse 12. And the verses will be on the screen. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So one body, many parts. Can you guys say that? One body, many parts. So just like our human bodies that we have are made up of different parts, so it is with the body of Christ. And I'll be using that term a lot tonight. And the body of Christ is just another way to say church, God's church. And so we are all a part of the church, the body of Christ. And we all have different giftings. If you look to the person to your right and to the left, no one is very similar. You know, we all have different giftings, and um, that is how the Holy Spirit designed us. Um, but together, we form the church. And so therefore, uh, we find unity in diversity. There is so much unity in diversity. There is unity when the, there are people operating in the diverse gifts that God gave them. And so Paul continues this idea about unity in the body of Christ throughout the rest of this chapter. And I like how he relates spiritual gifts 
to um, the human body so that we're eas- that's able um, to kind of be a little bit under- better to understand. Um, and so I have two points tonight. And the first point is this, is that uh, we can see that a spiritual gift is like uh, a part of the body because every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. Every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. So Paul continues um, in our passage in verse 15. He says this. Now if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, still stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. Likewise, you have a reason and a purpose here. You have a reason and a purpose in Christ. So when the Holy Spirit has gifted you with something, you now have an amazing opportunity to contribute to the body, to contribute to uh, this community. Because if we want to see uh, this common good happen, if we want to see this unity and diversity, we must stop devaluing our contribution. I think sometimes we might think false thoughts of like, well, my serving and my attendance and my offering isn't all that important. If someone else would just jump in if I don't make it. And we think that it really doesn't matter, but when in fact, when one part of the body doesn't contribute we all lose. When we lightly miss out on the full function, when we lightly invest, rather, we miss out on the full function of the body of Christ that it was designed to be. So your contribution matters. Your gift matters because we need you and you belong and you have a reason for being here. So whatever gift that the Lord has given you, use it because we are not the same without you and your contribution matters. And so that first point was a spiritual gift is like a part of the body because every part belongs and has a reason for being in the body. My second point tonight is this, that a spiritual gift is also like a part of the body because every part needs the other parts. Every part needs the other parts. And so Paul continues in this in, uh, in our passage in verse 21. He says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. For if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So whether your gift is serving, if it's teaching, if it's showing mercy or prophesying, we need you because every part needs the other part, just like a human body. Because you can't have the hand without the wrist, and you can't have the wrist without the forearm. And even in just the wrist, help me out, nursing majors, how many bones are in the wrist? A lot, like eight, seven? There's a lot. From my, <laughs> from my like, recollection, recollection of nursing school, I think there was like eight. I don't know. There's a lot. But so you can't have the wrist, you know, without the forearm. Every part needs the part, uh, the other part. And that, that's the only way that the body can function and as if the parts are working together. And I was, as I was thinking about this concept, um, I think that the students at East High School were onto something when they, they gave us this amazing song. And I'm just going to sing the one verse, but it says, I'm not going to sing it because I don't have that gift. But <laughs> it says this, uh, everyone is special in their own way. We make each other strong. We make each other strong. We're not the same. We're different in a good way. Together's where we belong. Together, 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 everyone. Is that you get it? <laughs> That's good, right? It's good. No, but I love this song. It says everyone's special in their own ways. We have diverse gifts. We make each other strong. You know, we are better together. We're not the same, but there's unity in diversity. Together's where we belong in the body of Christ. Come on, High School Musical, they were on to something, you know? <laughs> but anyways, so uh, together is where we belong. You know, it would be much harder uh, to come here on Thursday nights and worship if it wasn't for our amazing worship team. And they wouldn't be able to do what they do if it wasn't for the people working the soundboards. And we wouldn't be able to sing along to the worship songs if it wasn't for the people who do the slides. Every gift matters. And every gift has an amazing contribution to the body. So whatever your gift is, use it. And Paul says this in Romans 12. I love this. Uh, and this is the English Standard Version. He says, as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And I love this last verse. He says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use the grace. Let us use the gifts that we have, although they might be different than, than the other. He goes on to say that if your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying. If your gift is teaching, then teach. Because God wants you to grow in the gifts that he has given you now, but even the ones that you maybe don't even have yet. God wants to reveal um, the gifts that he's given you. He wants to grow those gifts. Um, but he will continually give you gifts throughout your life. Just because I've never been used maybe in a specific gift for my 21 years of life doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use me in that area. If it's going to benefit his church and propel his mission, God wants to use you whether you've had that gift already or whether it would be in the future. But the key is to be open to the Holy Spirit and where he is leading you. And I learned this a uh, very scary way. But so the first time that I ever received a vision, it was my freshman year at Chi Alpha. I was sitting right where Tia was. And 
it was just, it was awesome. We were going through a series on spiritual gifts, and um, it was during worship. I just had, like, this image in my head. I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, I lo- like wow. Like, thank you, Lord, for giving me a vision. And I thought that it was just inspired by worship just for me. Um, but then after service, a girl came up to our section, and she was talking to my friend Elizabeth, who's actually in the back, and she said, you know, hey, like, uh, I this is kind of like a far f- far-fetched, but I was wondering, do you have a word for me, a word for God for me? And I sat there like, oh, no. And she's like, you know, God told me during worship that someone in this section has a word for me. And I straight panicked because I knew that that vision wasn't for me. It was for her. And I was fearful. And I honestly didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to be wrong. And so 10 minutes go by, and I knew I had to share this vision with her. And so I walked up to her and I said, hey, I have something to tell you. She goes, oh, I know. (laughs) Wait, what? And she was like, oh, yeah, God gave me a vision of the section you were sitting in. And right where you were sitting in was a black dot. And that night I was wearing a black shirt. I was like, wait, what? It was crazy. But it was the amazingness of God that he wanted that girl to receive a word from her so much that he gave her a vision of where I was so that I could be used in spiritual gifts. It was amazing. And so I ended up telling her um, the, the vision, which ended up being a word of knowledge for her because I didn't know her situation at all. Um, but as I gave her that vision and that word, it applied directly to her situation. And she was allowed to experience so much freedom from the chains that were, were kind of burdening, burdening her. So God was able to use me in the gift of knowledge. Was it scary? Absolutely. Would I change that experience? Not in a million years because God moved. And it was during that series that I prayed for the Lord to move or to use me in spiritual gifts. And he is a God who answers prayer despite our emotions and despite our fears. And so whatever gift that the Lord has given you, not your friends, not the people you see on stage, whatever gift that the Lord has given you or desires for you to be used in, discover the joy of walking in it. And as I was uh, studying this subject and I was talking a lot about purpose or, or studying a lot about purpose and I felt the Lord speak to me, our purpose in life is not subjective. Our purpose in life is not based on personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. Our purpose is not influenced by whether we have a gift or whether we don't have a gift. Because can I remind you that the gifts of the Spirit are given as the Holy Spirit determines, not on a basis of spirituality. God doesn't give us gifts because he thinks that we're spiritual enough. It is on the basis of getting God's work done and getting his mission accomplished, not on the, the level of our spirituality. But our purpose in the body of Christ should not be subjective. It, or it's not rooted in our past. It's not rooted in our experiences, our mistakes, or failures, successes, or strengths. It shouldn't be based on the giftings that another person has or what we might not have because there are no rankings in the area of spiritual gifts. There is no part of the body that is more important than the other. Likewise, there is no gift of the spirit that is more important than the other because we need each other. We need you and we need your contribution uh, to this family and to this community. And so maybe you find yourself tonight feeling like you have no purpose or place or reason for being here. 
and I was there. Maybe you unintentionally placed your, your purpose or your meaning for your life in your major, your future career, your contribution to friends or to family. Now, those aren't bad things, but when we place our purpose in things and apart from Christ, we will always come up short. But when we find our purpose in God, <laughs> we are able to find the true meaning of life to our lives. And so growing up, I struggled for a long time knowing if there was even any purpose for my life as a whole. See, I was, strugg- I was striving so much for my purpose in things that brought me further from Christ. And that's the truth of it all, is that when we try and find meaning and purpose apart from Christ, we will always end up short. And I'm going to repeat that because I really want you to grasp it, that, that when we try and find meaning and purpose apart from Christ, we will always come up short. We will always strive. We will always try to grasp for our purpose in anything apart from Christ. Because God is the only one who can satisfy the longings that he has placed in our hearts. He is the only one who can bring you true peace, true joy, and true love that we try so hard to find elsewhere. We try and find it in our friend groups. We try and find it in men, different, different lifestyles, but our true meaning for life that will produce joy, that will produce life, is found when our purpose is placed in Christ. And our purpose should be rooted in God. And so I can have the the worship team come up. Um, So the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower us to find our purpose in him. He wants us to discover the giftings that he has given you. And so on your seats, if you haven't seen it yet, we gave you a spiritual giftings test. It's amazing. I highly encourage you to take this test tonight, tomorrow, but don't put it off because the Holy Spirit wants to use you here because your contribution matters. I can't say it enough. Your contribution matters, and what you do for God's kingdom matters because you have a place and you have a purpose here. So if you didn't get anything else out of the sermon, this is what I want you to get, that you were made on purpose. You were made for a purpose. And you have a part to play in God's kingdom because who you are and what you do matters. It matters to Christ. It matters to this body. And one of the truths about spiritual gifts is that they are for believers. They are for people who confess that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. They've accepted him into their hearts. And I don't know where you may find yourself today. Maybe you've accepted Jesus into your life or you have at one point, but, you know, you, you fell away. But I want to give you an opportunity tonight um, to make that decision. And so Romans tells us that every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has missed the mark. And Wayne Grudem, one of my favorite theologians, he says this, that he defines sin as any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. We've all sinned. We have all failed to conform to that law. 
And you guys, sin corrupts us. It separates us from God. It burdens us. And it, it makes us lose our sight and even our purpose in Christ. And without Jesus, we're lost. We're broken. And we're separated from him. And we're separated from that source of true peace and joy and life. But I thank God that the story doesn't end there. Because God sent his son, his perfect and amazing son, so that we can receive forgiveness and be brought into a relationship with, with him. Jesus died and was raised again to life so that we can receive that forgiveness of sins, that we don't have to be burdened by the sins, by the, by the burdens that, that try and weigh us down. We don't have to try and grasp for these truth, these pieces or these, these, uh, these joys that we try and find in other things. We can come straight to the source. We can come straight to the source of joy and receive it. We can come straight to the source of life and receive it. Jesus is the greatest gift that has ever been given to humanity. And this is the true definition of something given by grace. It's Jesus. And another role of the Holy Spirit is, is that he convicts us of our sins. And that just means that the Holy Spirit he, he wants to convince us of the truth of Christ and show us the dreadfulness of sin, of that failure to conform to God's law. And so tonight, if you feel it tugging on your heart, you know, that might be the Holy Spirit urging you to repent. You're like, Caitlin, what is that? And it just, repentance just means turning our back on sin and turning ourselves towards Christ and full obedience and full trust. Say, I don't want what I've been doing, you know, my whole life, my whole path, I, I want it behind me. I'm going to turn from it, and I'm going to follow Christ, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to obey him. So I want to give anyone in this room an opportunity to ask Jesus to forgive you of any sins you might have. And ask him into your heart and your life as your Lord and Savior. Because this is the biggest question you will ever answer in your life. And you can have that opportunity to start fresh. You can have that opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, to ask him to forgive you of your sins, to turn your back on sin and to obey Christ all the days of your life. And so if you're sitting in your seats right now and you feel it in your heart that, yes, Caitlin, I want to accept Jesus into my life and I want to make him my Lord and Savior. Or, yes, Caitlin, I once was following Christ, but I fell away, but I want to rededicate uh, my life to him, fully to him. I want to get my life back on track. And so if I can have every head bowed and eye closed. So if you find yourself in one of those two categories, just between you and God, I want you to raise your hand. So we're going to pray. If you guys can pray along with those who raise their hands, we, wanna, we want you guys to pray this from the depths of your heart. So dear God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that my sins can be forgiven through your sacrifice. God, I confess that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that, God, you raised Jesus from the dead. 
God, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Would you empower me today to live for you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Can we give a hand for the people who raised their hands? Welcome to the family. Seriously. So if you prayed that prayer tonight, please come talk to me. Come talk to someone on staff. Come talk to our life, one of your life group leaders because we want to celebrate with you. Because that's amazing. And we want to welcome you into the family of God. So congratulations for making the best decision of your life. Seriously. And so last thing, if you were here and you would also say, Caitlin, I am just struggling to believe that the Lord can use me. And you want to see that change tonight. I want to encourage you to come up to the front and to make that first step. And like Allie always says, there's nothing magical or special about this. But I love what she says that sometimes the first step that needs to be taken in the supernatural has to first happen in the natural. So we need to move. And so if you're struggling tonight to believe that the Lord can use you or you want to be used more by God. And so if you find yourself in those situations, um, if we could all stand up right now. And so if you find yourself in those two situations, I want you to come up to the front. Don't wait for your friends. Come up if there is something in your heart that's like, no, I want, I want more of God. I want to be used in the area of spiritual gifts. I want to see God use me, and I want God to change my heart. You know, I want to be used more in that. Amen. And so we're just going to agree in prayer. And so if you can, reach, put your hands on the people sitting next to you or standing next to you. And so as we see in scripture, when we lay our hands and we pray together, there's so much power involved. It's amazing. And so I'm going to pray and we're going and then we'll worship our God who is a way maker with our family. And so let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much um, for who you are. And I pray right now over every single person in this room. Father God, I ask that you would increase our desire and increase, God, our hunger, Father God, for you. Lord, I ask that you would help us uh, to desire that we would be pulled closer to you, God, that we would desire true intimacy, Father. I ask that you would use us in the area of spiritual gifts, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would remove any fear, any anxiety, any doubt that we have. But I thank you so much, God, that you have created every single person in this room on purpose and for a purpose, Father God. I thank you so much just for who you are, God, and for what you do, Lord. There is no one like you. And God, I give you the praise and the honor, God. Would you strengthen and empower every single person here, God. May your presence follow them, God, all the days of their life, Father, that they they will just experience your true peace, your true joy, and true life, God, that comes through following you. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, we love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Let's worship. <laughs>